26 minutes away from 3 o'clock. Big story today is that New Zealand coach Dave Rennie has been sacked as the Wallabies rugby coach, Eddie Jones, to take over immediately. Gutsy call from Australia, but they believe it is the right call. Dave Rennie, just a 38% winning record. Does this make Australia more of a threat for this year's Rugby World Cup? Is Eddie Jones the right guy? And should New Zealand follow suit? Does it also just prove that England, who sacked Eddie Jones, Australia, who have now sacked Dave Rennie, believe that you don't need to have a four-year build-up to a Rugby World Cup. In fact, you can be successful in the year of a Rugby World Cup. To give us a second take on this is one of Australia's finest ever broadcasters, Peter Mears. Hi, Peter. G'day, Mark. Was the writing on the wall, Peter? Did you pick this? Um, well, I'd like, <laughs> I'd like to say yes, I picked it, but I liked the style of Dave Rennie as a bloke and as a coach, and I just thought he had a lot of bad luck, uh, and I thought it was too late to switch horses in midstream, as it were. Um, but having seen what's been decided, it's, it's a brave decision, as Tim Horan said in the media today. It's a risk, but a risk worth taking when you've got such a poor win-loss record as Dave Rennie has. Okay. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with the move. Having thought about it and spoken to a few other people about it, I think it's the right move for Australia. I, I don't think we, the way we're shaping, you know, losing to Italy, for example, I think that was the final straw. Uh, and Rennie had enough opportunities in his three years at the helm, and he just didn't quite make it. Okay, so Eddie Jones last in charge of the Wallabies in 2001, 2005. Then you've had John Colony, uh, John. Connolly, Robbie Deans, uh, he didn't really endear himself to the Australian public. Then we've had Ewan McKenzie, Michael Checker and Dave Rennie. Um, I mean, really, I mean, the fact that you haven't won the Bledisloe Cup in about 20 years reflects perhaps the depth of Australian rugby. I mean, is any coach going to be successful with this team? Uh, is that the issue? Is it just simply a coaching issue? I think we're overachievers, having won two Rugby World Cups and a little bit of success back at the turn of the century uh, in the Bledisloe Cup. But uh, you just look at the, the fact that we've got four codes with football in Australia and we just haven't got the numbers and the depth, as you point out. But having said that, <clears throat> you know, I was just doodling a potential backline for the Rugby World Cup. How's this sound? Nick White, Quade Cooper, Samu Karevi, Len Ikitao, Marika Korambeti, Mark Nwonganitawasi and Jock Campbell. With sitting on the reserve bench, McDermott, Lolasio, Paisami, Pataya and Banks. It's not bad. Who, who, but can I argue in defence of Dave Rennie that your backline that you've just named, your backup players on the bench that you've just named have all had international experience and that part of the depth that you're talking about, is that not a product of Dave Rennie's sort of uncanny selection and his broad and wider picking of players? It is, I, I agree, but when you think back to Italy, that test, he made 11 changes for that test, and I think he had an eye on the next match against Ireland, so he was resting some key players, and he had a new captain, he had two debutantes in the team, it was too big a risk. Italy, I'd watched them play, and I think I spoke to you on the previous program about Italy and said they could well win, and they certainly did, and they were very impressive, the best Italian side I've ever seen. Um, I just think he played his cards wrong. You know, he's a he's an admirable guy and he's so cool and calm and he's got the 
proven record, winning with the Chiefs 2012-13 with the Super Rugby titles. Um, I think he impressed everyone, and the players like him. You know, Eddie's that uh, polarising sort of character. It's his way or the highway. And you will know with Eddie that, as Tim Boren said, or Matt Ditto said this morning, some of the boys won't know what hit them. Okay, but I mean, can a non-Australian coach be successful coaching the Wallabies? I mean, Phil Kearns, Greg Martin, they've never been big fans of Dave Rennie. They weren't big fans of Robbie Deans. I mean, was he sort of, were the knives always out for Dave Rennie? Well, yeah, there's a lot of people who don't agree with having a foreigner as a coach. And when you look at our best coaches, Rod McQueen had a winning percentage of 79%, won the Rugby World Cup in 99 he coached between 97 and 2001. Alan Jones only coached 30 tests, but won 21 of them, 70% winning record, won a Bledisloe against New Zealand the last time we won it, I think. Um, John Connolly did pretty well, had a 64% winning record, Australian. Bob Dwyer, 63% winning record. Eddie's next on the popularity poll. He had 58% winning record, but... I'm pretty close to the Queensland team, and I can tell you, he does polarise players. He's he's very tough on not just players, but his fellow coaches too. Mm. And I know Roger Gould's one assistant coach who only lasted a couple of weeks, didn't like Eddie's coaching style. But but it, was that part of Dave Rennie's problem, though, that he was a bit too matey, maybe a bit too close to his team? And as some have alluded to, that you've actually got to get that balance right where um, you've got to have that little bit of distance between the player and the coach. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no room for sentiment at the top. Ultimately, it's results that make the decision. And much as we liked him, he made a very good impression in Australia with the media and the fans. But he did some peculiar things. Like, for example, a player that we all see has got enormous potential is the fly half Noah Lolasia. And he recalled Bernard Foley and dropped Lolasia for no real reason after he'd been a leading light in wins over France and South Africa. He steered the ship around with great maturity and admittedly had one or two bad games, but you do when you're 21 years of age. Um, you know, at fullback, he had Banks, Wright, Campbell, Hodge, Pattaya, five different selections at fullback in 12 months. And no, one, no, no wonder they didn't play with great confidence because they weren't sure of their position. Mm, okay. So what makes... Yeah, I mean, what makes Eddie Jones the right guy? I mean, what's Eddie Jones's CV look like um, over the last five or six years? Yes, he got England to a Rugby World Cup final, but they were absolutely blown off the park against South Africa. England clearly got rid of him. They didn't think he was the right guy there. He seems like a guy who's good for maybe a season, two seasons before the wheels start to come off. Yet, I understand this might be a five-year deal. Yeah, and he's also taken on the coaching of the Australian women's team, the Wallaroos. And, you know, it's they're, they're such a huge job coaching the Wallabies. I can't understand that move. Uh, the Wallaroos, I think, made a pretty good impression in the Women's World Cup in New Zealand. Gave the Black Ferns a bit of a, a surprise, I thought, in the first match and then got overrun. They showed a little bit of a lack of maturity. But that's because they're not professional. Um Look, I'm divided about Eddie. I must say I'm a, I like him as a bloke. Uh, I like his straightforward style. He's a workaholic. He'll 
one thing that certainly won't be lacking is the hard work on the paddock and the training, the preparation of the team. He'll drive everyone as hard as he possibly can. And he might be just the shock that the Wallabies need because they've been pretty bad in the last couple of years. Mm. Okay. What about Taniella Tupo? Uh, the Tongan Thor here, uh, left Sacred Heart College, picked up by Australia, kicked off his international career with a bit of a hiss and roar, lived up to the hype, but in the last two years seems to have just sort of fallen off the radar a little bit. Um, I'd hate to say it, but I'm going to use the word. He just comes across to me as maybe being a little, just perhaps just naturally lazy. I th- yeah, I, I think there's that feeling about him, but if you look closely to it, he just got married, he had a knee injury, uh, his wife had just produced their first child and he was given time off with his, uh, with his family. And then he tried to come back when he wasn't fit and so he was nowhere near the normal standard. I mean, I'm so impressed with his potential, uh, having watched him closely over the last five years playing for Queensland. He's an outstanding player, really, when he's fully fit and motivated and that's the job that someone like Eddie Jones has got to do. Mm. Okay, Peter, look, a lovely summation and you seem to be the consensus and by most accounts, most Australian rugby fans seem to think this is the right decision. Just before we do change, I just want to change it up. You've written a number of books in your life, but recently you wrote your first um, fiction book, a a, a thriller, a cricket thriller called The Long Shot. You've had your book launch, your book release. How's the book going? Yeah, pretty well, thanks. We had a launch at Noosa Rugby Club, which was terrific. Gordon Bray did the MC job and did a fabulous job. We sold all the books we had on the night, which was 50. The only problem I've got is an English publisher, so I've got to get them sent out all the way from England. But, yeah, the reception's been very good. Uh, You've, of course, given me some publicity about a month ago, which I'm very well, grateful well, you, for. You promised, me that if the book was, you promised me that if the book was turned into a movie, I was going to get the leading man role, male role. Did we not have we that? Con- did we not have that conversation, Peter? I thought we had that conversation, we Peter. Did. Yeah, we did. Okay, just checking, Peter. Just checking. Yeah, and Jimmy Maxwell gave me a terrific plug too before the Sydney Test. Uh, so I'm very grateful for things like that. Oh, mate, it's a bit of fun. First time I've written a novel, and uh, it's uh, dipping the toe in the freezing cold water and just seeing whether I like it. And I'm, I'm hoping to do a follow up. So. There you go. Ah, brilliant. Hey, Peter, lovely to have you on the program. Enjoy that wonderful weather that you do have there on the Sunshine Coast. Thanks, mate. You're a fool for going back to New Zealand. Oh, I was going to try and catch up with you, but I was under, and that was the intent, but I was there for a limited time, and I just do as I'm told, Peter. I understand. Good to hear your voice again. <laughs> 15 minutes away from three, you are listening to SENZ. Peter Mears, his thoughts there on the sacking of Dave Rennie. If you've just joined the programme, you might want to have your say on 0800 150 Good on Australia for having the guts to make a tough call. Brick back to New Zealand rugby who have dithered have dallied around and we're going to end up not winning a Rugby World Cup because of it. It also just proves to me, get rid of this absolute nonsense, this narrative that we've got to start building for the Rugby World Cup four years out. While we're on it, get rid of this rest and rotation, put all of our players back out in the field, have them play the entire Super Rugby season, stop overthinking it, and who's to say that the players that you're resting and rotating on the results we got last year are actually good enough to go to the Rugby World Cup anyway? Those that supported Dave Rennie as potentially an all-black coach, have you changed your mind on the fact that he had a 38% winning record and has been sacked by Australian rugby? 
Or is it more a case of you can't turn donkeys into thoroughbreds or, as I like to say, you can't put back in what God left out when it comes to certain rugby talent? Lines are open. You can text us here on double eight double three. Love to get your thoughts on this one. Is it too late to sack Ian Foster? Do you still want Ian Foster sacked? And do you have any faith in New Zealand rugby that they have the guts or the foresight to make that decision? Love to hear from you. Talk back is a better experience when you do jump on the phones. It is 13 and a half minutes away from 3 o'clock.